It's been a busy, to say the least, offseason for North Carolina with a ton of player movement. How would we rank their success so far? Let's talk about it. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, joining me as he does every Wednesday, this homie over here, Coach Pack Kilby. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day. If it's your first time ever joining us, we're so glad you're here. Welcome in. Come be part of this family. Come be an everydayer with everyone else who's listening every day to this show, which is brought to you by, for the first time ever, Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Just got mine yesterday, drank out of it, is perfect. Love it so much. Go take care of it. Coming up on today's show, we want to talk about where our thoughts are at with North Carolina and where they should be as, like, in what conference. Are we good with the ACC? Should they move? Should they start a new conference? We also want to talk about, legitimately, how do we think the Tar Heels have done so far in the transfer portal And how will that be affected by whatever happens with the final three scholarships? So, Pat, let's let's put it in these terms. On a scale of one to ten, with one being like they have done terribly so far and ten being like they're the front runners for the national championship because of their work in the transfer portal. How successful has Carolina been to this point in the transfer portal? And it's a good, the reason we take a look at it now is because since last time you and I have talked together on the show, the transfer portal has closed for people entering. So as we have this conversation, Pack and I are going to take into account the number and quality of players going out and the number and quality of players coming in. Keep in mind, I said this is transfer portal only. So this does not include Leaky Black and Pete Nance going out because they're out of eligibility. It also doesn't account for Simeon Wilcher or Zayden High coming in, because that's not transfer portal either. This is just about the seven players that transferred out and the four players that have transferred in. I know we've said it a lot, but some of you, this might be your first ever time and you don't have your head wrapped around it. Let me rattle them off and then we'll get Pac's response to this scale. So the seven transferring out are Caleb Love, Puff Johnson, Dontrez Styles, Tyler Nickel, Justin McCoy, DeMarco Dunn, and Will Shaver. And then the four coming in are Harrison Ingram, Paxson Wojcik, Cormac Ryan, and Jalen Withers. Pack, I've said those 11 names a lot, so it's almost like you can just mumble it in your sleep at this point. So for you, Pack, on a scale of 1 to 10, at this point, how has Carolina done in the transfer portal? Um. I would say my 10 is is probably really high just because I feel like North Carolina is the standard of college basketball. So just to kind of give you an idea of my scale, 10 is is really high for me. And I feel like Carolina is probably coming in at like a, 
I've, I've kind of gone back and forth between five and six. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with six. I think we improved in some areas we needed to improve in. You know, I think um, Ingram is a really good get for us. I think he's going to be um, someone that fills a lot of needs for us in, as far as consistent shooting, consistent scoring, yeah. but also a creator, you know, and then, Cormac Ryan is definitely the shooting that we need. Um, but I have, you know, some question marks on Jalen Withers and yep. some question marks on um, Paxson Wojcik. And, you know, there's still three spots left. So there's a lot of question marks, you know, and I know we'll kind of get into some of that. But um, for me, you know, we didn't quite fill – all the gaps that we needed to fill, you know, to me, there's still some, some questions at the four. There's still some questions at the three, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to um, play is a, is a big question mark because if Harrison is the three and Withers is the four, then who in the world is going to back those guys up, you know, and I guess you could say Zayden high at the four, but, is he ready for that? You know, there's still just so many question marks to me, and that's why I'm right there at the six. I think we got better in some areas, but I also think, hey, there's still some things that we've got to get figured out here. What about you? Yeah, it's funny. You said you've battled between five and six. And, and by the way, folks, Pack and I have not previously talked about this, so it, it's not uh, – neither of us could influence each other that way. I've been going back and forth between six and seven. So I'm right in that same range as you. I've been landing on seven. And I think that's because I can see how the pieces will fit. But also, I and, and I feel like Carolina has done better for themselves with what they've got for floor spacing, which to me was was all, all the issues last year. And, and you've talked about so much with role definition and things like that. Uh, you know, I asked this question in terms of number and quality going out and number and quality coming in. The number going out is seven. The number coming in thus far is four. That's why we have that discrepancy of three scholarships remaining. But in some ways, you know, you look at that and you think, oh, we lost a lot more talent than we've brought in. Um, but because of the way Hubert Davis has used or, or not used his bench to this point, I, I'm becoming more and more and more of the mind that you don't want to use all 13 scholarships on scholarship level players. And so I think there, while, while there is in currently an inequity in how many players have come in versus going out, I think that could be a good thing, especially if the Tar Heels don't end up using all three of those in terms of the quality. It, it's hard to know because Harrison Ingram came into college as a very, very highly rate, rated recruit. It's just that he was playing with not the same talent level as Caleb Love. You know, I, I would probably say those are the two most talented players, one going going out, one coming in. Um, and obviously they are two very different players. But I think the pieces that Carolina has brought in more so Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram than, than Wojcik and Withers, I, I think are the type of pieces that Carolina really needs Ryan with all his leadership and stuff that he brings. I, I loved uh, the, the interview with him that came out on inside Carolina this week, just 
looking at at the things he wants to bring and do and all that, I, I at least on paper, I was really encouraged by that. But I do have that all the same type of pause that you talked about where it's like, you know, if you go small and it's Ryan at the three and Ingram at the four with Withers backing that up, I, I feel more comfortable about it. If, if that's the right lineup, right? Like, are you going to get rebound out rebounded to death with that lineup? I don't know. Um, but I think as things stand right now, I would actually have that as my starting lineup. And in which case I feel a little bit better about the four that said, I still think one of those three final scholarships should be, you know, somebody that can help as you just said there, I think we're set in, in the backcourt with some of the news we have hopefully incoming, let me just give that caveat. But um, so, yeah, I, I would say ultimately I'm in that same range as you are. I'll put it right now at a seven. Anything else on any of that pack? No, I think, you know, I think we covered it really well. I just, there's so much, you know, still up in the air, you know, it's, it's really kind of hard to give that answer right now, but, I just be I'm I'm really curious to see what they do with those last three spots. And I do wanna, you know, kind of emphasize what you talked about as far as it could be intentional that seven were going and four are coming, you know, and just because like you said, the you know, if you've got thirteen scholarship level players on your team and only five can play at a time, there's only so many minutes to go out and you know, it just gets really uh, finicky there sometimes and then you can cause it can cause locker room issues and so I think there might be some intentionality behind what they're doing with you know with the numbers well time will uh tell the answer to that question for sure speaking of which with those three scholarships that you just mentioned pack we've just given you said are you landing for on a six is that your number or five what are you going six, with? six. I'll go with seven. So, Pac, the question I want to get to next is, what needs to happen with those final three scholarships that could move that six or that seven up for us? But also, what could happen that would cause us to actually take that six and seven and go, eh, I'm not so sure. Let's bring it down a little bit. We want to get to that, and we'll do so in just a second. But first, I do want to tell you more about our brand new sponsor, Bird Dogs. As we move into summer and short season, I just got a couple pairs of board, bird dog shorts for myself for the first time. Now, I'm usually like kind of whatever with wearing shorts, but I actually really look forward to the days when I'm going to wear my bird dog's shorts. I'm just about to leave for a trip to New York City like tomorrow early morning. I've got a pair of bird dogs packed because I'm going to be walking all over the city and these things are comfortable as anything. I love the way they fit. I love the way they feel. The stretchy fabric, it is so comfortable on you, much more than my other shorts or pants. I also like it because they're so versatile and you can wear them in any environment. Like I said, I'm going to wear them walking all over New York City, but then I'm going to wear them to a, a dinner and, and some other things that we're going to do. Also, they're super practical. This room I record in gets really hot, but these bird dogs with their liner just keeps your body cool and regulated and allows me more to focus on pack and our conversations and everything we're doing. So if you want to feel the same, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Check out bird dogs, a proud sponsor of the locked on network. 
Pat, question two is this. You've just said that you think on a scale of one to 10, Carolina has had a six level of success so far in the transfer portal. I went just slightly higher with a seven. I'm trying to be optimistic after last year, although because of last year, my my confidence level wants to probably make it more like a four or five. But, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy and I'm going with it. So the question now, what needs to happen with the final three scholarships for you to take your six and move it up to seven, eight, nine or ten? And now let me also say this. I had confined the previous conversation to transfer portal only because of the potential of reclassifications and Elliot Cadeau specifically, I'm going to allow us with this part of the conversation to open up that possibility as well. Okay. So to make the numbers go higher, um, you know, to me, and I know probably a lot of Carolina fans would interject bring Elliot Cadeau in. Okay. And I hear you and I get it. But to me, the main priority and the focus is more on the wing and the four spot. Like we've mentioned before, I envision Jalen Washington as a backup to Baycott. So that's how I kind of feel about him and his role for this upcoming season. So let me clarify that before I go into this. I would really like to see us get somebody that could be a big time player for us at the four. Now, to me, I think that makes all the difference for us because, uh, like I mentioned, you know, is Zayden ready? I'm not saying he's not. It's just a question mark. Yep. Yep. There's questions on on Jalen Withers. You know, I mean, he was a solid player for Louisville, but is he what we need to be better than we were last year? I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of variables here, but I do think if we were to solidify the four spot with somebody that we know is proven and consistent that would make me sleep a lot better at night knowing Carolina has that spot field, you know, and then, or maybe it's, maybe we do go smaller and Harrison plays the four and Cormac plays the three, you know, losing Dunn, who I thought would play some three here and there. I, I think that if that's the case, we probably need to get somebody that can be a bit of a hybrid and play the three and play the four and uh, guard multiple positions and provide us with a little bit more depth in that area. So that's kind of my main area of concern. And if we, you know, tap into that and we fix that issue, then I could see our numbers going way up. And don't misconstrue, you know, I know Elliot coming would would make us a lot better. I get that. Um, but the backcourt is just not that much of a concern for me right now. Like, I think we've got talent there. Adding talent would help, sure. But it doesn't shoot our numbers up for me. Um and then, you know, there's it's there's the, there's the catch twenty two. You know, if if Elliot comes, he's coming to play, and all of a sudden we're starting six foot one, six foot two, six foot what five, and then six foot eight at the one yeah. through four. So we get. I mean, really I would st- say RJ is probably closer to six foot one as well than six foot yeah. two. Yeah, yeah agreed. And so we get really small, and then that, there's the defensive part to that that you got to consider. There's the rebounding part to that that you got to consider, and so there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of give and take. You know, we, get, we gain some things, yeah. we lose some things. And so, yeah. so that doesn't move my number quite as much as it would if we got somebody to play consistently and that was proven at the three slash four. Yeah, yeah that's, th- those are the types of things that would take my number up too. I think um, 
in my head, what's been going for a while with the starting lineup is that it depends on if Elliot does come or not. If he does, I've got to move my number up. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Pac. And um, I'll, I've been saying for a little bit around a week now that, that I think it, it does need to happen at the end of the day. I think he's the one that is going to be the best playmaker. I mean, he's continuing to average double digit assists at UIBL this summer, or it's not even summer yet. And it's, I mean, it's just insane what he's doing. And so I really think that puts Carolina in a different spot, but as you said, it changes the calculus for what the starting lineup looks like. I, that makes me feel better about what happens two through four, because if Cadeau's not here, and you don't add anyone to the backcourt. You got RJ at the one, probably Cormac at the two, Harrison at the three, and then Jalen at the four. And as you said earlier, I, I don't know that I feel comfortable with that. So for me to bump it up these three scholarships, I want it to be Elliot. And I want it. I love your thought there of a hybrid three, four. I'd, I'd rather it be someone who's a four that can also play three, but I'd be okay with someone who's mainly a three that can also play four, if, if you'll allow me that. I, that's part of why I would have loved somebody like McKenzie and Baco. It's why I would have loved Dalton connect, man. I think he would have just been such a good fit for this team, but um, that's what I'll be looking for. And then with that third scholarship, don't use it at this point. That's where I'm at. Um, I, I liked everything you said earlier. And I think that like less players coming back in, I think is a net positive for Carolina. So that, that those things would help me move the number higher. Go ahead and bring in Cadeau and then somebody that is a four who also can play the three. But the other question, Pac, what are are there moves that would force your number under six? Like, ooh, Carolina should not have done this. And now I've actually moved their success in the transfer portal and or reclassification action to move down to like a five or a four. Um no. Not really, and the only reason I say that is because I'm giving the roster now as a six. So if we brought in three guys that couldn't play a bit worth a darn, to me, they're, really, they're not going to play. So I like our roster. That's, that's almost better in some way, you know, because you don't I, mess with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so to me, I mean, I, I the only way to me that it goes down, and I know this in theory might sound crazy, but goes back to what we talked about. If we bring in three dudes that can flat go, then I might say, okay, and, and this is still a hypothetical, but if that kills our chemistry and causes some locker room issues, then that could go down. And we won't know that until we start playing basketball games. So I really still wouldn't want to adjust my number, but that's where I see potential negative issues is by bringing three dudes in and then somebody not being happy and that becomes a cancer within the team, and it starts affecting how we do things. So, so that would be my only potential negative. But if we stay where we're at now, I think six is the baseline for um, where we, you know, where we're at. But I, I, you know, obviously, I can see us going up too yeah. with Cadeau and the potential addition of a three slash four. Yeah, I'm right with you. For me, anytime you're making a higher in like in occupation you're i'm looking for three c's character chemistry and competency obviously as you said they're not going to bring in someone who doesn't have the competency so go ahead and knock that off the list um character i think if if carolina brings in someone whose character is like ah, i don't know a little bit if you're questionable 
at that point, I would probably come down some. But the biggest thing for me is that chemistry piece of those three C's. If it's somebody, I don't care how good or how bad they are, if they're not about that North Carolina on the front of the jersey, I think that's what it is more so than how good or bad they are. And so um, now it's it's Hubert Davis, and I don't expect – like he's not even going to talk to somebody. Like if he starts talking to a kid and he's like, this ain't us, he, he's going to end those conversations. So I'm not – I'm not concerned about that happening, but I mean, you, you kind of saw it with Dawson Garcia a little bit, you know, that I think that was a misstep and the coaches did their best due diligence, but sometimes you just, you just can't, especially with the shortened recruitment of the transfer students, student athletes, that is what it is. And so I, I think that is what would drive the number down for me, but hopefully it won't go any lower and will only skyrocket up with some great additions that are the right additions. That's what I want to just keep saying. It's not about any addition. It's about the right additions. Pack, let's shift our conversation for the final part of today's show. We know that the ACC spring meetings are currently going on on Amelia Island. It was off to a crazy start on Monday. We learned about this magnificent seven who has been meeting with lawyers to look at the grant of rights bill in terms of the media rights to see if there's any wiggle room at all. And it's got me thinking all over again about realignment. And I want to have a conversation with you, my friend, about that and the future of what's ahead for the Tar Heels. We'll do that in just a second. Okay, folks. So there are conversations going on this week at the ACC spring meetings about the media rights deal, if there are any loopholes in it, or if it is indeed as ironclad as it seems, how to change revenue sharing within the conference so that potentially those who perform better on the court or on the field could get more money. But the logical outflow of all of this is it brings back up that conversation of conference realignment once again. We know there's all sorts of schools moving conferences, even at the Power Five level. We know that coming up very soon, USC and UCLA will be going to the Big Ten in the weirdest geographical move I've ever seen. We've got Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. We've got Houston and others coming into the Big 12. And inevitably, ACC schools are once again looking at this thing because the Big 12, Pac-12, and ACC are all just trying to do their best to survive. So my question, Pac, that I want us to tackle is this. Three potential outcomes for North Carolina. I want you to give me your favorite possibility for the Tar Heels. So what outcome would you like to see? Number one, stay in the ACC. Obviously, I think there would have to be modifications for that to be the outcome. So stay in the ACC. Go to a new conference. And if that's your option, I want to know which one. Or three, this is a little bit outside the box, but start a new conference. Maybe it's with that Magnificent Seven. I don't know. Give me what you think should happen. Like maybe, maybe it's what you want to happen and what you think will ultimately happen. Um, well, what I want versus what should and probably will happen are two different things. Um, you know, I've grown up a lifelong Tar Heels fan. I love the ACC. I think there's something special to it. Grew up watching ACC Sunday Night Hoops on Raycom Jefferson Pilot Sports, baby, <laughs> and I just loved it. It was awesome. It was, it was, kind of, you know, I, you know how it is. You grow up with something, and the memories are like, okay, I, this is this is what I grew up with, so this is the way I wanted to stay. So ultimately, I would love for the ACC to work out. I don't think it's going to. 
for a lot of reasons. Um, but I think that mostly they've kind of been sitting back on their heels while all these other conferences are making moves and advancing. And ultimately they're making more money at the end of the day. And that's why these teams are looking at moving conferences. So um, what I think will happen and what I would be fine with is a move of conferences. Hmm. And I think Carolina will go to the Big Ten. Tell um, me why. Well, when you look at the big scheme, like all of the athletics programs in North Carolina, the Big Ten proves to be a better fit just because they have more of what we offer. And then I look at it from a fan perspective and I go, okay, you know, most likely, barring something crazy, North Carolina and Duke don't go to a conference without each other. Um, I can't envision a world where they don't. So you look at North Carolina and Duke going to the Big Ten, and just envision this with me, basketball fans, Carolina Duke, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, UCLA, USC. <laughs> Tell me that's not good basketball. Maryland? We'd be back with Maryland? Revive that rivalry with Maryland yeah. like we used to have back in the good old days when Gary Williams was coaching them. Indiana? Indiana, yeah. I mean, there's so many blue bloods, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be, you know, just a good move for our entire athletics program. Um, and, you know, obviously, as a Carolina fan in the whole, you got to look at every program. But then specifically basketball, it's like, dude, this is cool. You know, that would be this would be some big-time matchups. So, um, I think that's what will happen ultimately. I don't obviously know a timeline, but – that's kind of my my projection and my take on it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I all of that nostalgia you're talking about, I'm right there with you. But uh, the problem is that the ACC hasn't been the ACC of of your the ACC of old for for a long time now, almost a decade. Once Maryland left, once we started bringing in all these Big East schools, you know, my, Miami and Virginia Tech feels more like an ACC school, C school at this point, but you know, Louisville and Pittsburgh and Syracuse and Boston, all of this. It's like once we bloated up to that out of that nine, just that core nine, man, I loved, I loved that. The ACC has not been in, at least on the basketball side of things, it's not been what it always was. You know, there've been all these bottom feeders, which is making it as a conference kind of come down, at least in the, the eyes of analytics and other things and what happens there. And so if there was a way to make some adjustments in the ACC, like, I don't know why, I, I mean, I do know why it's the money, but in some ways it almost seems like it might be wiser to cut off some of the bottom feeders, find a way to do that and just form something, uh, a reimagined ACC that, that could have some of that. But I just, I'm with you. I don't see that happening. And, and it comes down to, Unless you're going to try to merge with the Big 12 and make some kind of, you know, kind of southern up through the East Coast kind of thing, perhaps that could make some sense. I think more so than joining the Pac-12, although the Pac-12 pro schools profile more like ACC schools, at least for North Carolina, more North Carolina side of it. Of the two that seem most situated to, to be the ones that... Uh, absorb all the other teams and conferences, the SEC and Big Ten. I think when you look at it geographically, when you look at it, some of the schools that Carolina has has been against in conference in the past, the SEC makes more sense at that level. 
And from a football perspective, I think the SEC is just always going to be it, even though the Big Ten would like to fancy themselves that. I think both from an academic standpoint, which we cannot forget that side of things, even though it might fall beneath the money of athletics, but the academic profile is more like a Big Ten profile for North Carolina. And then, as you so well said, the athletic profile with our 28 varsity sports fits much better in the Big Ten, where the SEC just plain and simple, doesn't support a lot of those varsity athletic sports. I know that is a value that North Carolina has to carry that on. They, they've, in fact, you know, recently been putting more ideas out about that. And so I, I know that's something that Bubba Cunningham and the department wants to maintain. If they want to do that, the SEC is off the table because they just simply don't have some of those sports. So you and I are aligned. I think the play is the Big Ten. I think that makes sense financially, athletically, and academically. And you just got to go. And I know you might say, well, geographically, that didn't make any sense. They're bringing in two schools from Los Angeles. What do you want from me? Right. So um, that we are certainly aligned on that. We would love to know from you, good folks. What do you want to see the Tar Heels do? And what do you think they will do? Same thing on that scale we did earlier on that one to 10. What number would you give the Tar Heels so far? Let us know. Friends, it's been a great day to be able to be together. Some really interesting conversations. Obviously, we'll continue to have these as we see more movement around and in the transfer portal and what Carolina ultimately does. And obviously, the conference realignment conversation will be going on hot and heavy once again as we get towards the summer. Hey, if you would, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you find shows five stars and leave some comments about why you love Locked on Tar Heels. Go subscribe to the show, hit the like button, and leave some comments as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow our guy pack at Coach underscore K23 or me at Isaac Shade. Email the show Locked on Tar Heels at gmail.com. Y'all, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you tomorrow, but until then, peace. Peace.